Welcome back to Daz Meet World, your weekly deep dive into that old classic show, Boy Meets World. Uh, I am dad number one this week, Tyler, and joining me is... Your pod daddy number two, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) Brett is wearing the pod daddy shirt and a little mustard green or Steelers uh, mustard green. That's yellow. yellow or uh, Steelers green. What kind of mustard do you have that's green? Steelers... Yellow, Steelers, yellow, yellow, yellow. I know you got the baby there, but mustard is not green. (laughs) Oh my gosh! I think it's it's hitting me of that uh, losing brain cells trying to give to your children. (laughs) My goodness! So let's try that again. Brett is wearing the Pod Daddy shirt in Steelers yellow. It actually looks quite good on you, Brett. Thank you. Yes, it's uh, quite... I didn't have really any yellow shirts in my wardrobe, so I selected yellow on the shopping cart, and it's nice and comfy, too. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, being the Steelers fan you are, it's kind of surprising. I know you like to go with more of the black Steelers stuff, though. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of black stuff in my wardrobe anyway, so... But I've uh, I, I've got a black zip up hoodie I can throw on over top of it, and you know I can go out with a color scheme. You know, we we were struggling a couple of weeks ago because uh, we were getting my son baptized, and we realized I have nothing green that's like nice like i have a tie (laughs) and that's it (laughs) so like uh the outfit for him was like the same one that uh our oldest son had grayson and so we're like yes this is gonna be really nice really special and then we have another pinky yes (laughs) (laughs) sorry dear listeners um i don't know if you'll catch this from uh earlier recording but uh (laughs) We were struggling to find a binky earlier. And uh, so, yeah, my wife just saw one as she was walking by. Anywho, uh, we were we wanted him to wear green. So we were like, oh, Grayson has plenty of green stuff. Sarah has green stuff. And I just have my one tie. So, like, we were struggling to find me something that would be, you know, that would go well with everybody else. So, luckily... You know, we made it work, but I was like, man, I need to get some more greenish uh, things in my wardrobe. So (laughs) too many reds and grays and blacks. (laughs) Yeah, you need some more color variation there. All that red and blue, too. All that red and black. You're going to people going to start thinking you're a Falcons fan. Oh, no, I do have some pretty solid uh, Indianapolis blue, though. Yeah, but uh, Brett, uh, what's new with you? Oh, what's new with me this week? Uh, Let's see. Not some great stuff. Our minivan has a bad solenoid. Ooh. Yeah. What's that? Well, that would be the part of the transmission that allows it to shift. And uh, basically, basically when you're driving and, you know, when you hit that 35 mile an hour or so and it shifts so you can go... uh, faster than that without redlining <laughs> yeah don't do that <laughs> so <laughs> so we're, we got to take it into the shop this week which means my wife who is doing her internship to wrap up her master's degree for social work and i who work my day job as a communication specialist and have a handful of meetings this week and have to be in two different places at the same time while carting around different children to school and other things are in the midst of trying to figure out how to 
get things done with one vehicle between now and whenever it's fixed after Wednesday morning. So <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Other than that, things are going swimmingly. We, uh, well, we got to have a relatively quiet evening this evening, Monday, made some nice little burrito pie. And I was kind of surprised that our, our middle child, who's usually picky about those things, had seconds. Wow. Very good. Yes. So how are things with you guys, Tyler? Uh, pretty good. Um, the wife went back to work today, uh, which was a sad, hard day, but I was with her and, you know, made it clear of, you know, us, okay, let's take our time getting into the babysitter and let's, you know, you can take as long as you need to, to go into the office. And, you know, both times she's like, okay, I think I'm ready. (laughs) You know, we're, we're pulling in, uh, to drop off, uh, Henry and she's going, okay, so here's my idea we just both quit our jobs and we just go off and we just go out completely off the grid i'm like we will die she's like no we won't i'm like yes we will <laughs> well you know how to hunt i'm like we will die <laughs> i'm like we will we need to google things so we know what we're supposed to do and we will die <laughs> have you bagged anything yet this year well i only hunt for about two weeks of the year and it was a big gold dud uh, okay so trust me, this this podcast will know when I bag a big one because I'll have a story. But I had nothing but it was a really wet uh, hunting season. And those hunting seasons are just miserable. So and the the woods, like what I'm worrying, the woods plays tricks on you when everything looks the same color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there's too much snow, the woods plays tricks on you. If it's no uh, snow on the ground whatsoever, the woods plays more tricks on you. So mm-hmm. uh, and you normally don't see a deer until you see its butt running away from you. So fun Always times fun all sight. around. Always yeah. a fun time. And I got to say, um, my wife, who, who loves... Love slash loved Doctor Who. Um, she watched it when we were in college and just adores David Tennant. Um, and she's kind of accepted the other people, but she's kind of fallen off. But she decided during this uh, time off that she wanted to watch all of David Tennant's stuff. I didn't realize it, but I walked in after my bus run today. And she was watching the final episode of David Tennant's run. And just because the last episode is like him just kind of going through, seeing all his people, you know, having one last moment with each of them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is poetic. You know that, right? And she goes, I didn't plan for this. It's just what happened. <laughs> like, I know you didn't plan for it. That's what makes you special. <laughs> yeah, just this kind of poeticness of her saying goodbye to this time of maternity and uh, being alone with our our baby boy and also our animals that you know have to be snuggled and cared for and demand their food so oh yes <laughs> yeah so we're we're on a new routine now so and we'll see what happens yeah the next oh, yeah. chapter of the adventure begins <laughs> yeah speaking of routine i think it's about time we hear uh hear that uh oh my gosh you want the synopsis, do you? Synopsis, that's the word. The brain. There we go. Literally, this kid is stealing more of me than I realize. So, he hey, let's try that again. Uh, speak- <laughs> <laughs> it's 
speaking of routine, one of our routines is that synopsis, Brett. Can you give it to us? <laughs> I certainly can. This week, we're going to look at the third episode of the second season, Notorious, wherein Sean tries to make a name for himself by pulling a prank in the school newspaper. Meanwhile, Corey is forced to cover for him, and Eric dates a new senior. This episode was written by Jeff Sherman, directed by David Trainer, originally aired on October 7th, 1994, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.7. Very nice. Thank you again. You're welcome again. Uh, so we start off with Corey and uh, Sean looking for Eric because apparently Eric's giving them a ride home. One of the hallmarks <laughs> of uh, little brother, uh, big brother relationship, looking for your ride home. Indeed. And uh, we they hear some noise and they say, oh, that's Eric with another girl. <laughs> and, and not just. Corey, <laughs> Corey didn't learn his lesson. He just opens the door again and uh, finds yes. Eric with a girl. And not just any girl, but Molly, played by Jill Novick, in her only Boy Meets World appearance. Grand total of 15 wow. acting credits, none of which have come since 2000. But she did appear in Charles in Charge, 30-something Matlock, and had starring roles on both Sisters and Beverly Hills 90210. Not the CW revisit. Oh, very nice. Yeah, again, this is just another horrible girl that Eric is dating that clearly, I don't know, <laughs> has no standards, doesn't care about anything. Just for whatever reason, Eric keeps dating just these monsters. It's a status relationship. <laughs> yes. Ha, <laughs> the French. <laughs> Our neighbors to the north. <laughs> clearly, she yes. is not, she's out of his league. <laughs> Yeah, they make that clear of that she's a lot smarter than him, mostly because she just throws out little like she's just finny, like thinking that that is fancy. <laughs> like it's, you know, those people that you meet that you go, you are trying to make yourself seem something you're not. Yeah, you 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 have that word of the day calendar that you've been using for twenty. Well, okay, not 20 years because you're only in high school. You've been using for two years, and you're really just trying to find ways to insert them into the conversation. She strikes me as that kind of person. Yeah, well, like, it it wouldn't surprise me if she took French. But, like, you know, I took Spanish, and I got hello, goodbye, how are you, and that's about it. I can count to ten. But, you know, it, it goes away really quickly, so... I doubt that she's really speaking it fluently. Yeah. Now, with that said, being, I'm assuming, the editor of the school paper, it does bode well for her that she has a rather verbose uh, vocabulary. Oh, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, Corey and Sean walk in. And uh, they're carrying some rats. Oh, yes. They're studying natural selection and shooting for a D plus. Yes. (laughs) D plus. Hey, D's get degrees. D's do indeed get degrees. When I was in college, my mantra for one particular class was D equals diploma. Yeah. 
that's that's how my chemistry class was my senior year spring semester i was like i just have to get a d i just have to get a d and my professor had the goal to say well if you if you work a little harder and try to get a, a b or a, like get your grade of this then you can get a c in this class I'm like professor i appreciate that but <laughs> i'm not interested in that i just want to pass yeah <laughs> yeah <Because> that's fair <laughs> But anywho, uh, Corey, I don't know how to phrase this, Brett, but little brother's going to little brother. <laughs> yeah, the rats get out and Corey just goes into full on little brother mode. He wants to kiss you. He loves you. Come on, you kiss my brother. Yeah, he just he can't help but make a joke and uh, take <laughs> off his brother. Yeah, Eric. <laughs> Realizes it's a pull, not push. Eric being Eric. And we get to meet yeah. one of my favorite side characters. Who's that? Janitor Bud. Oh, Janitor Bud, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Played by Bob Larkin, who sadly passed away last year. Yeah, this is his first of four appearances in Boy Meets World. Uh, he also... Wait. Janitor Bud was alive during Girl Meets World, and they didn't think to bring him back for well, he, an episode. I know it's Grant. He, it's very possible that he may not have been healthy enough to travel, mm. depending on where he was. But yes, he was alive, and they did not bring him in. That's sad. Uh, he also starred in uh, Quincy M.E., Hill Street Blues. He was uh, least in guest spots in the A-Team, Knight Rider, for at least one episode with Mr. Feeney. Nice. Friday the 13th, Part 6, Perfect Strangers, <laughs> ALF, The Wonder Years, ER, Seventh Heaven, Weeds, and a whole lot more. <laughs> Very nice. Go Janitor Bud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. And we now we have Corey and Sean left alone in potentially a, an expensive room that they're not supposed to be in all by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently this was a room that uh, that was the editor of the school newspaper was going to be left unsupervised in with a boy she was dating at the end of the school day potentially into after school hours where it was just janitorial mm -hmm. staff around yeah it does floor <laughs> me some of the just blatant unsupervision that occurs in the school. We'll get to a very significant one, you know, here mm -hmm. in a few episodes. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. I do say want to mention uh, the fact that uh, Sean says, I promised my mom I'd crack her back before American Gladiators. <laughs> I caught that, too. What's happening in their life that he needs to crack her back before that? Like, <laughs> I, I really wondered what she does while she's watching it, because... You know, we'll see in a couple of seasons where she's getting a little firm with Chet about, I want to be normal, Chet. Um, <laughs> I, I can't, I can see her really getting into the action. Maybe she kind of uses it. You know, some people would do like sweating to the oldies and maybe mm -hmm. that's kind of her afternoon exercise workout time. Yeah. Well, maybe for her, that is her. Sunday morning football, you know, like mm -hmm. she gets into it, she gets active, and she even probably shows Sean, this is what I would do, this is how I would handle it if I was American Gladiator. Maybe. Did you watch American Gladiators? 
Uh, I watched the revive in 2008. Oh, I watched that one too, but I did watch the original. I was, oh, that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw some clips on like YouTube and whatnot, but I never sat down and watched like a real episode at that time. Yeah. So at one point I even had a couple of the action figures of, uh, of a couple of the gladiators. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will just say the one thing that, that I remember most about it was the guy who won the first season was just impossible to be on the, uh, the climbing wall or whatever it is they had, like mm-hmm. no matter who they put him up against, like the guy, like no one could ever catch him. Like <laughs> basically I think probably inspired American Ninja warrior in all honesty. Oh, no doubt. Cause that came out a year <laughs> or two after that show stopped. So I don't know. I'll have to look at that again. But anywho, uh, <laughs> we discover that Sean and Corey can, I don't know, mess with a really complicated newspaper system that... Uh, Corey picks up on that pretty quickly. It, and they're messing with the screen full of fiend. Now, I, I, mm-hmm. I want to backpack, backtrack just one step because mm-hmm. this will become an important element here. Janitor Bud comes into the room empties a trash can right in front of Sean and sees the back of Corey's head. Uh-huh. Just pointing that out here. <laughs> we might revisit that. <laughs> but yes. I mean, it's it's made very clear that Janitor Bud is not the most reliable source. Yeah. He's a witness to many things that uh, <laughs> don't sit well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they pick up. Corey picks up on it pretty quick. I did clip this conversation. So let's oh, uh, listen into the boys. Check it out. Oh, a screen full of fiend. He's going to be on the front page of the school paper. Won't it scare children? <laughs> it won't scare him if he's teeny. Oh, this guy's definite possibilities. Let me in there. Okay. Okay, new principle is beanie, teenie, beanie, beanie. New principle is weenie. Can you imagine 2,000 students reading this? Power. Ultimate power. Yeah, but we would never. Would we? Power. <laughs> We'd be notorious. We would be legends. What do you mean? Well, what are we now? We are lowly seventh grade sewer scum who name rats after ourselves to feel important. And how do you feel about that? Better than the guys with no rats. Hey, Court, wouldn't you rather be something special? Or would you rather be us? Sean, power like that in the wrong hands, it's dangerous. Yeah, we're we're going back a little bit to Sean having a voice in his head that tells him, do the bad thing. He hears the temptation, and you know, he, he gives into it, but it also ties into this new theme for him this season where he wants to be noticed. He wants to be something. And so... You know, where it's actually kind of a, a nice little evolution for his character where we're combining what's already been established and something new from this season where he's it's it's not necessarily growth for him, but it, it feels natural. 
Right. Well, he's he's established. I I really feel like last few episodes of the first season and the first few episodes of this season have really established who Sean really is. Mm-hmm. Is this conflicted soul who desperately wants to be acknowledged, be seen, and wants is so desperate for people to notice him that he's willing to make poor choices. Mm-hmm. And could be that he didn't know he didn't know if, even if his parents noticed him until he had the cherry bomb situation. So yep. yeah, yeah. So power. Power is what uh, Sean sees. And Corey basically says, let's just go. We don't need to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. So Corey fixes it. And then the two of them go off. And, and that's we go the to end of it for Corey. We cut to black. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then we get to Harley holding the newspaper. Did you end up clipping this, by the way? Uh, I did, yes. Yes. Uh, A guy who could cook up something like that. Now, that's a guy I'd like to have hanging with me. He'd be a great addition to our organization. Oh, yeah, he could stand right here. I'm thinking he could stand right where you're standing. Well, then where would Joey stand? for a ride <laughs> excuse me Harley sir I, about that guy you wanted to meet did I the- say you could eavesdrop on a senior conversation did your little seventh grade ears hear something they shouldn't have heard for your sake I truly hope not yeah cause Harley's got a whole locker full of ears from guys who've done the same thing their glasses ain't crooked now cause they got no ears <laughs> how much to keep the ears a buck. I just, I love right before that he's like, huh, his name's Feeney. And they wrote Weenie. I'm laughing. You laughing? Like, just so serious. Yeah. I, I, I just, this character is something else. He is. I'm laughing. I'm hysterical. I'm rolling on the floor. <laughs> That's our Harley. Mm-hmm. But I, I like how we see it's, a, it's the second episode with them and you you're seeing more of the dynamics within the group. Mm-hmm. It's Harley has his muscle. Mm-hmm. And what purpose does Joey serve if he doesn't do everything he's asked? Yeah. And if he doesn't take up some uh, initiative, <laughs> Joey might be going for a ride. <laughs> Because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not the enforcer that Frankie is. <laughs> no, Frankie will never go anywhere unless oh, no. he chooses to. <laughs> no, Frankie's set for life in this organization. Joey, meanwhile, Joey needs to uh, be constantly finding a way to make himself indispensable. That's pretty cheap pricing for a buck. He can keep his ear. Well, you know, he is a seventh grader. He's not exactly made of money. Yes. And uh, Corey, you know, has no idea what's going on. <laughs> Until it's put right in front of his face. Oh, yes. And uh, Sean thinks he's notorious, but nobody knows he did it. <laughs> nobody knows, including cute girls. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, they just... It's its funny seeing that turn where Sean's so proud of himself. And then all of a sudden he's, so what? I know I did it. That's good enough. And this girl walks past and I, if it were my boyfriend, I'd do anything. Oh, it's killing me. 
Yes. Yes. Sean really does turn into a secondary Eric. <laughs> he really Very quickly does. this season. <laughs> he really yes. does. Hormones. His obsession with girls is quite intense. Oh, the hormones hit him hard. <laughs> it did. But we learned that uh, they're going to talk about the Scarlet Letter this week. Yes, they're going to talk about the letter A. <laughs> Don't laugh at Matthews, okay? He's never seen an A before. I just love how he puts a giant A on the board <laughs> when he walks in. It you makes return to the letter it, A. Yes, it makes perfect sense where he's talking with his class about mm-hmm. the Scarlet Letter A with, with the Scarlet Letter with Hester Prynne. And, you know, he's making this for emphasis. And then, you know, Mr. Feeney walks in. Mr. Feeney, good morning. Actually, Mr. Turner, I've had better. You see, I have been forced on this particular morning to go from room to room asking anyone with information about this little journalistic prank to come forward. Hmm? I will go a lot easier on the perpetrator if he or she or they voluntarily confess. No? Very well. I will now return you to your lecture on... on the letter A. (laughs) Keep up the good work. (laughs) It's just there. uh, Yeah. uh, You have to imagine that Feeney on some level doesn't know that it's Sean, but you have to think that he's suspicious of him. I'm sure he's on his list of suspects. Yeah, I mean, especially like the way that he acts is him being in there. Like Feeney doesn't always give a lot away of what he's thinking and feeling, but you have to imagine that he's tracking that. And Sean and Corey certainly are not smooth about hiding their guilt. (laughs) No, no, they're not. Um, And it does raise the question, though, of who is actually to blame for this? Is it the two of them for being left alone in a room and messing with a system that they shouldn't be messing with? The student editor or the person that's supposed to oversee it, the teacher, you know, responsible for the club. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, if you have the title, you're responsible for it. Yeah, and even... And granted, real world here, someone would have had to check the discs. Eric talks about the discs being sent to the printer. If this is a student paper, if this is the journalism class or the journalism club or whatever they're responsible for putting out, they would have to go through... A, an advisor or a teacher's final pass before it went to the printer. Mm. <laughs> so, right. Unless Sean snuck in after hours, real world, you know, not episodes got an episode to make it happen, it wouldn't have passed. All right. I mean, uh, I know the 90s is different, but the only thing I could see is that this teacher is so confident in this student that he's looked at everything else. All <laughs> he knows is that she's going to do this and then it's going to be fine. So, I mean, honest to goodness, I think this girl should lose her title of editor and someone else should have to be in charge of it. But, you know. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But anywho, back to the letter A. Are you completely deranged? 
Yes, I am. You know, I, I, I will say I like that this this season in particular really focuses on these literature, you know, uh, books. Sorry, literature books. My goodness. Um <laughs> I like how it takes these stories Mm -hmm. that we would typically see in high school um, and uses them as a means to help the audience that is waiting to interact with those things and Mm -hmm. actually understand them better. And I like the creativity that they go they go to with the Scarlet Letter here because it's not uh, it's not a one to one adaptation of the Scarlet Letter. It's Mm -hmm. more of they they take some of the themes behind it and take their own slant and they kind of make it their own type of thing here. And I really, I like the creativity they take with it. And just a note, we, I mentioned it back when we were talking first episode. If you look on Turner's board, you can see assigned specific reading pages on his board. So (laughs) nice. Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if there's only specific parts that they're supposed to read, but oh, yeah. I like how we get to the Matthews house and, uh, you know, Al is pretty quick to be like, huh, that's kind of funny. And there's like, <laughs> yeah, it is. My girlfriend didn't think so. Yeah. I did get this conversation too. Wonderful. Eric, my son, how was your day? Oh, wow. That's pretty hysterical. <laughs> yeah. I laughed at it myself. My girlfriend, however, failed to see the humor. She said, uh, her efforts at journalistic excellence have been forever compromised by my limited intellect and profound immaturity. And what did you say? I said, bite me. (laughs) So you're back on the market. You'll find someone. Uh, Dad, I was dating the editor of the school newspaper. It was a status relationship. Maybe somebody special. Oh, Eric, I think you're somebody special. Oh, you have to. You had me and you're stuck with me. (laughs) Well, that's true. But sooner or later, love will softly sneak up on you and wrap you in its gentle embrace. You forgot to clean out the garage. And it's a beautiful thing. Oh, look, George is on the cover. Oh. (laughs) Wee! Is that the greatest thing you ever saw? No. Second greatest? I don't know. Molly proofread the whole thing right before... Wait a minute. You're lying. You have no proof. You were the last one in the newspaper office before the discs went to the printers. Corey, did you have something to do with this? No. I did not do this. Nor did I do it. (laughs) Weenie, it says weenie. I can read. (laughs) It may be one of the cutest moments for Morgan. She's so proud of herself. Yeah, love will sneak up behind you and wrap you in its gentle embrace. Yeah, it feels like Eric really didn't take much advice uh, from their talk last week. I mean, he knows a little more about her, about uh, what she does, some of her hobbies, but name. He definitely did not uh, take everything to heart, and uh, (sighs) he's back on the market now. (laughs) Well, it's also that, like, he's not taking what his parents are modeling to him. No. Of someone he can have conversation with, someone that he can have fun with. It's just another girl for him to date. No, it was it was a status relationship. It was something to make him special. Now, I will say if he would just stayed with Linda, then Linda would fulfill that role pretty good because Linda was quite amazing. Uh, It's one of the biggest crimes against Eric. (laughs) 
Oh, Linda. I, I like her. I do like Linda. <laughs> I like her. That is really a, one of the biggest crimes against Eric is that like every now and then they give her like a really cool girl like Linda to be with and then they just throw her aside and then he's going after all these other girls for no good reason. I know. Anyway, that's my small soapbox right now. You know, I'd like to see more of her and less of him. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like Alan, or not Alan, um, my gosh, I like Amy's response to all this mm-hmm. of making it clear of this is not funny, clearly someone did something dumb, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. And they're just little bark is just, they're like, weenie! This <laughs> is weenie! <laughs> It's the funniest thing yes. you've ever seen. Second funniest. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Alice tries so desperately, like, it's funny, right? Come on, just admit it's funny. <laughs> She's like, no, it's not. Yeah. And, <sighs> it, and it shows that even, even in a healthy marriage, you can have differing opinions and still have a healthy mm-hmm. relationship. Oh, yeah. I'm sure later on that night, he'll be like, you know that was funny, right? Like, yes, of course it was funny, but I couldn't say anything. (laughs) I couldn't admit it in front of our Mm. children. (laughs) Oh, it's like when my son has a small temper tantrum and we're just dying and we just look at each other like, we can't, can't. We can't laugh right now. Right. Because if we think, (laughs) if he thinks it's funny, then he'll keep doing it. We can't do that. Mm Yes. So we uh, go back to uh, the high school, though. We're in the hallway. (gasps) We run back into Jason. Oh, yes. Jason is back. And Molly's still mad at Eric. And Jason wants to take a a run at her and uh, give her a call. (laughs) Yeah. Jason really is one of those vulture-like daters, I'd say, in high school. Of Oh, that girl's (laughs) single? I'm going to try to ask her out. Oh, that girl's single? I'm going to try to ask her out. I'm the happy sidekick. Yes, But uh, Eric's trying to say, you know what? I need to focus my life and just don't let me get sucker punched by another senior. Just let me just be and I'm going to be all right. Yes. And he specifically claim or he he wants Jason to remind him to not let him get drugged down by another bag of misery. And to his credit, (laughs) Jason's going to make the effort because immediately... Eric's going to run into Desiree, who is played by Sydney yes. Bennett. First of two appearances that she'll make on Boy Meets World. Uh, she has 21 other acting credits, including shows like Suddenly Susan, Mad About You, Moesha, Dharma and Greg, Psych, and Whip It. We haven't seen her acting since 2013. Desiree Beaumont. <laughs> from Southern Bell. Just moved up here from Georgia. And she's a senior, and I do. I I will say very quickly, she is attracted to Eric, and there is mutual like, yes, you're pretty, you're pretty. Let's hang out. My hair. Oh, my, my, my. And I do love Jason's attempts to help Eric out. He really is. Bag of misery, bag of misery. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Bag of misery, bag of misery, bag of misery. (laughs) Misery bag. Senior. Oh, misery bag. 
And, of course, Eric uh, gets rid of Jason by throwing his papers down the hall and introduces himself to Desiree. That's a real jerk move. It really is. And uh, we get this beautiful gem. Eric Matthews, you may call me Desiree. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I... This is... Okay, I know what I said before about the previous girl. Desiree is one of those classic Boy Meets World characters that I know is only in for a very short time period, but she makes a giant splash, like, and yeah. really is that, like, calling call card for Eric to be like, I need to make changes. Yeah, and I remember, and, and you know, I've, of course, I've watched through Boy Meets World several, several times, beginning to end, and... I know exactly how the relationship ends, and it always surprises me knowing when she first shows up, she's only going to be in one more episode. She always, her character always feels like it's, she sticks around for a handful more episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, when you said two episodes, like, yeah, it is just two episodes. That's crazy, because you feel like she's there for like half the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the character's got that kind of an impact there. Well, it also shows that like the acting as well is mm-hmm. is just as equal to that because oh, yeah, she brings it. Well, I mean, there's many different characters that come along that are only here for an episode, two episodes at most, but they come and this have these powerful performances and they stick around for a while. Janitor you know, Rudd. Angela's dad you know, is one in particular. Isn't oh, only yes. two episodes, but those two episodes are really <laughs> important to their development. So oh, they really are. But anywho, back to Desiree Beaumont. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, we're moving on to that because they're done. But yeah, Desiree, thank you for your services. Let's just say it right off the bat. <laughs> just incredible. The paper puts out another editions. No. Yeah, it's just a typo. Nobody's to blame, blah, blah, blah. But uh, Sean decides to show off to Corey uh, his latest dab at uh, pranking. Yes, he is uh, painted Mr. Feeney's door. Yes. Uh, yes. Sean, 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 you're out of control. Yeah, I am. Tell your friends. And Mr. Feeney's door <laughs> now reads Mr. Weenie. Yeah, uh, but Corey, for whatever reason, decides to put his finger <laughs> by the wet paint. That's not smart on Corey's part. And then all of a sudden, we hear, There's your man, Mr. Weenie. <laughs> Corey has been cornered and fingered as the culprit by <gasps> Janitor Bud. <laughs> Our esteemed Janitor Bud, might I add. Yes, esteemed. I've seen it with my good eye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, do you think it's possible that just Janitor Bud just can't tell the difference between Sean and Corey? I think it's possible. I think it's entirely possible. I mean, this is a man who's been cleaning the hallways of John Adams High for many years and smelled many uh, Mm -hmm. uh, a cleaning agent and openly admits in his first appearance he's got one good eye. I mean... That's very, very likely. Now, I got to say, um, I do love the character janitor, but, but my high school had incredible janitorial staff, like uh, specifically the ones that are there, like when we were there, like 
they love being there. They didn't mind cleaning up messes. They didn't love every single mess they had to clean up, but mm-hmm. they always took a pride in it that the hallways were clean and always took time for us and talked with us. And it never felt awkward. Like, oh, there's a janitor. It's just, oh, hey, there's, I don't want to say her name because it's not really nice, but, you know, there is our favorite janitor and she's wonderful mm-hmm. and great. And, you know, always had a smile on her face. So, yeah. And that's, that's say, awesome. Not, yeah. not every janitor is like this. Oh, no, no. Not every janitor will run through the halls screaming, Out of my way, you little puke machine. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brett used that when he was talking to my son earlier, which, <laughs> though true, not very nice. Nope. But... He doesn't have much of a memory right now as retaining that kind of comment, so I think I'm probably safe. No, but as long as you don't edit this out, he'll always have on record that uh, Brett called him a puke machine. <laughs> ah, but you see, the beauty is I didn't, Janitor Bud did, and you agreed with it. Ah! Yeah. Boom. <laughs> I mean, he does spit up every five seconds, it feels like. Oh. It's almost like he's two months old. <laughs> All babies do. Oh. Yeah, that's true. The things you forget about. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mr. Feeney has uh, decided that Janitor Bud is correct and that Corey very well may be guilty. Yep. <gasps> And uh, Corey swears that he's innocent. His hands are clean. But he forgot that he touched the wet paint. (laughs) Yep. And yes, we get a declaration that uh, he has until tomorrow afternoon to confess who it is, which is a nice long timeline for Mr. Feeney to give to him. It really is. It fits perfectly within his character, but it is a lot more time than you would expect a lot of administrators to give in that type of situation. Well, and also like... It depends on what time of the day it is that they have. Like, if they only have, like, an hour left of school, I could imagine that. But it's, like, early on in the day, like, Mm -hmm. you'd think that he would just be, like, you have by the end of today. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say the episode does it the episode a little bit and have a moment with, you know, his parents, which I'm really happy about. But also he has a moment with mr turner as well Mm -hmm. so and i like how it shows that dynamic of like both parents and turner try to give him advice but ultimately it's it's his decision he has to make the right call yes because the punishment is not just a detention it's suspension right Yes, good-looking people. Know at some that point was you were going to do that. All three of Corey's gasps. Oh my gosh! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I feel like the next time I say something shocking, that's the response you're going to give. That's right. And then <sighs> we cut to black and wind up in the Matthews living room. Yep, we're back in the Matthews living room, and Corey tries to talk to his parents and say, I got a friend, and they go, Sean. No, not Sean. I got this whole conversation if you want. Yes. Mr. Feeney called. He told us he's meeting with you in his office tomorrow. He also said to ask you what it's about. (sighs) Okay, look, I'm in this sort of a situation, and I don't exactly know what to do. Well, if you want to, you could talk to us. Because we're going to make you. 
<laughs> All right. I've got this friend who's pulled a major scam at school. Sean. Not Sean. Sean. Fine, Mom. Think it's Sean. Because that protects the kid it really is. <laughs> anyway, this kid did something. With the newspaper headline? Yeah, it could be. Now, Mr. Feeney, he knows I didn't do it. But he also thinks he knows I know who did do it. Sean. Not Sean. Sean! Amy, he says it's not Sean. I believe him. Obviously it's Sean. <laughs> well, I don't care who it is. A friend does not rat out a friend. What are you, in a prison movie? There are consequences. Oh, what's the worst that Feeney can do? Well, he's threatening to suspend me. Oh, great. A big red S on his permanent record. Oh, nobody looks at that. Who looks at that? Some colleges he applies to. Any college will let you in as long as you have enough money. Do we have enough money? No. <laughs> you have to write out your friend because we're poor. I, I just love how Amy just gets straight to it. Just, it's Sean. Let's just talk from that point. Just, we both agree it's Sean. Mm-hmm. And Corey's <laughs> like, no, it's not Sean. He's, he's so desirous not to get him in trouble that he thinks if he even mentions Sean to his parents that that's going to, like, mm-hmm. maybe they may call and go, you know, it's Sean. Yep. Um, but they're making it kind of clear that, like, they're not really... St- getting involved in this they just they want to give him the advice that they think he needs to hear yeah yeah and i like that they're they're not diving in they're not forcing him to do anything they're just laying it out for him like you know looking at the future here's what's gonna happen college is gonna look at that you know if you if you don't you're gonna have the suspension on your record Mm-hmm. And we can't afford to send you to college otherwise. Because we're poor. <laughs> you have to rat out your friend because we're poor. <laughs> oh, gosh. Just Alan Matthews. Sometimes he's the best. Um, yeah, but I like this scene, though, because we maybe it's just Alan and Amy didn't know what the situation was specifically, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so I like how they're getting all the information and they have two different opinions mm-hmm. and it's nice that they have those two different opinions, but they're not like, they are not going into an instant fight and they're not like, we have to figure out what we're going to say to him. And it's almost like they already knew like, Hey, regardless of what we say, it sounds like he has to make a choice. Yeah. And, and we remember that, Alan was Sean when he was growing up, too. So Alan's going to very much have a different perspective than Amy, I'm sure. No, I will say that if they were just in middle school, you know, that permanent record wouldn't be a thing because they wouldn't have to worry about that. But, you know, that's right. But they're in high school now. Yes. So dumb. I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) It's the biggest attraction for this season is uh, they're in high school. (laughs) Yes, then, and then uh, <laughs> Eric. they're talking about what makes you special, and Eric walks in. <laughs> I'm Dana Senior. I'm special. <laughs> Nothing bad can happen, right? <laughs> so the next day at school, Mr. Feeney reminds Corey of their meeting. Uh, yes. Corey's letting Sean know that he has not ratted him out. Uh, I like how there's a little... Uh, um, not, I, don't, I don't know how to say it. There's not really an awareness of how much this is weighing on Corey, this whole situation. Mm-hmm. And Sean's just like, hey, no one knows it's me, so it's not a big deal. 
<laughs> I do like that Turner tries to talk to, to uh, Feeney mm-hmm. and tries to just say, hey, you know, do you think you're taking this a little, little too personally? Yeah, I, I, I do like that. And uh, I, I like that last line between the two of them where it's, you know, go, go easy on him. It, it's he's 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 in a new school, as am I, Mr. Turner, as am I. Mm-hmm. And it just it kind of hangs there, and that it's 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 making the point that yes, they really both are almost on equal footing in in some ways in this same mm-hmm. instance. Well, and then we get to Corey thinking that everything is over as far as this whole weenie situation because Sean's learned his lesson. He knows he's going to have to take the fall for him, but it's okay. And then they open up the paper and find that it, uh, well, it doesn't say weenie anymore, Brett. It does not. His true name is weenie weenie. (laughs) Weenie 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 weenie. Continued on page three, column one. Weenie. Ah, uh, it's been corrected to weenie, 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 weenie. <laughs> yeah. Are you completely deranged? Yes, I am. But it wasn't Sean that did it. <laughs> it was not. No. And again, Harley is uh quite taken aback by this. Harley is. He is. I'm laughing. I'm hysterical. I'm rolling on the floor. Because Frankie and Joey took it upon themselves to do something for for Harley to uh, mm-hmm. to make him smile. Yes, make him smile, but also it got him a little emotional. Now he needs to go blow his nose in someone else. I want to blow my nose in that kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I think part of Joey's response is that that's an honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a dark and twisted world that those three live in (laughs) it really is it's a sharp dichotomy from uh the antagonistic relationship that Corey and mink has had oh yes (laughs) but then we have another uh moment with eric and miss uh desiree Desiree, uh, yeah yes and she's uh, instructing a uh, little bit of a whipped Eric on what she wants him to do after school. I got a little bit of uh, this here for us, too. Ooh, on the cheek. <laughs> she's a senior. Is that why you're getting neutered? <laughs> the cat's getting neutered. Oh, maybe you can get a two-for-one deal. <laughs> or am I too late? Hey, hey. This happens to be a relationship between two complete equals. Do you know? little puff pastry there's just a lick of winter in the air would you mind before picking me up just driving around the block for 40 minutes while the heat is on so the inside of the car's all nice and toasty would you do that for me say yes pudding yes (laughs) i believe the woman wants pudding Oh, you know, I hope that when I get a girlfriend, she respects me the exact same way she respects you. And and if I do, I want you to drive your car around the block for 40 minutes till the heater gets all nice and toasty. And then I want you to run me over. 
to do that for me, son. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely not equals. <laughs> no. I just like how she's, his immediate response is, she's a senior. She's a senior. Mm-hmm. I, I got to say, um, I feel like that's a thing a sophomore would be all excited about. For a junior, like, they're just one grade above you. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Part of that whole Eric's cool guy thing is not helping to stick right now. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> and, no. uh, you know, uh, last time we had Jason around, I was really not on board with him. I am this uh-huh. time. Uh, I'm well, team Jason just, this time. <laughs> it's these little moments that just, <laughs> it's probably just the actor himself, like his-ness coming out and not necessarily what's been written for him of just how good he is at uh, probably some improv and mm-hmm. characterizations. Oh, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> it's also like, it's moments like this and then in the future when Eric uh, tries to learn how to skate to impress a girl that uh, Jason makes the tape for him to motivate him to <laughs> learn how to skate. That's one of my favorite stunts Jason pulls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so it's just that, those comedy bits and also what happens next episode, you know, with with this love triangle that we have so far. This hate and love triangle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the part that I was talking about of Sean not really paying attention to what's going on. Like, hey, man, you're going to shoot hopes for us after school? Like, <laughs> I have this little thing called a meeting with uh, Feeney. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and Sean is totally okay with Corey taking the fall for his stunt. And uh, he seems to have no remorse for it. Like in his in his world, is there a is there an end to where this will go? Well, well, it just kind of feels like okay, Corey's taking the rap for me this time. I'll take the rap for him next time. You know, we'll call it even. Mm. It could be, and then Mister um, Mister <laughs> Feeny walks by. <laughs> weenie, 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 weenie. weenie. And weenie. Three o'clock, Mr. It's Matthews. Just... <laughs> Again, that's the whole next level of acting that he has in him. Um, William Danielson, just so excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, there's both humor in what he's saying, there's sadness in what he's saying, and ultimately just got to get the point across of... I, this is another thing to add to your list of things that we have to talk about. Yep. <laughs> just reminding you just how serious this has become. It's not just mm-hmm. a one and done thing. And then uh, we do get to that part about um, where Feeney and, and Turner talk for just a few seconds. Um, I skipped ahead a little bit. Sorry about that. And then we're in the classroom. And so he's trying to teach a lesson about uh, Hester uh, Prine. Uh, Prine. I have no idea if I said that. <laughs> sure, Prine. Um, about facing a tough decision, basically taking the the ridicule of her community and people talking down to her to keep uh, the innocence of the man that impregnated her silent, or to you know bring him out to that uh, suffering as well. 
Mm-hmm. It's a really good metaphor for what's going on. Of does Corey rat out Sean and make them both equals, or does he just kind of continue with people assuming it's it's him? When he asked Corey to stick around after class, I clipped that out because I really like the way that uh, he connects with Corey there. Matthews, hang for a minute, Wib. I can't, sir. I've got a date with Destiny. You can be a couple of minutes late. What's Feeney going to do? Suspend you? He's <laughs> going so psycho over this, don't you think? I think when you're new at a school like you and me, first impressions really stick. They decide your reputation. What if tomorrow you raised your hand and I said, what do you want, booger? <laughs> Would you do that? They'd probably follow you all through high school. Maybe all your life, people would call you booger. Would you do that? Well, I'm the teacher. I can do whatever I want. I wield the power to inform and to influence. So do people who make funny newspaper headlines about the principal, who's new in school, like you and me. So you're saying I should squeal on my friend? No, I'm not. So I should cover for him? I'm not saying that either. So what are you saying? I was hoping you'd know. You're not really going to call me booger, are you? I'll see how I feel. And I like that it's not a cut and dry, here's what you need to do. That it's just another perspective that Mr. Turner offers of, here's an angle that you may not have thought of to this point. Because, you know, his parents have offered the, uh, you know, we know it's your friend. We know that here's how it might impact you personally. And here's Mr. Turner coming uh, at it from kind of Mr. Feeney's perspective almost where it's, you know, you, you know, who is behind this, who did it from uh, the school's newspaper and Uh what kind of power and authority that that has and what it can do. And I, I like that it's not just a here's what you must do, that neither yeah. of these sources of of information, neither of these sources of guidance have just flat out told him, here's what to do. They've given him the tools and the information that he needs to make an informed decision and mm-hmm. have asked him to make his decision. Right. Well, I think it's finally that Corey understands that there's three parties that, that, that are important in this. It's himself and his moral code. It's his best friend. And does he want to rat him out and get him in trouble or, or sorry, not or uh, also just of how this just affects Feeney in general mm-hmm. and reminding him that Feeney is just another person trying to not see him as the authority, but as a human being. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> I, we did miss the part where uh, <laughs> Turner tries to call on Sean and we respond with <laughs> it's about adultery sir <laughs> Stop, right, just-, just practicing for military school <laughs> yeah because well, what we didn't goodness. bring up is that his dad threatened after, after Cherry Bomb Day that have another mess up and he's off to military school and that's yep. really the only reason that Corey has probably kept his mouth shut this long. Exactly, because if he were to turn his friend in, he most definitely could be in serious trouble. Would he actually go to military school? Maybe not, but there could be a much worse punishment that we don't know about and don't fully understand about the Hunter household. So mm-hmm. 
I think Corey knows best that he just takes the the fall for it right now. Mm-hmm. Say, doesn't your wife have a story that she wants to share about her own time in high school? Well, she doesn't really want to, but uh, her husband kind of asked her to. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we go ahead and play that right now? So, honey bunny, uh, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and bite the bullet. I messed up. I did not hit record. I am trying to learn a new device. Uh, I am sorry. So Sarah already started to explain uh, the story, and now we're going to backtrack, and uh, you can go from there. And also, I love you, and thank you. So once upon a time, I was a junior (laughs) in high school, and there was a girl making fun of me. So a friend of mine, who was also dating my cousin, decided to pour nacho cheese and said girl's locker. So the girl reported it to the prince, assistant principal and said that she thought that it was one of us who did it <laughs> because she didn't actually have proof. So we were both called down to the assistant principal's office separately. She lied. <laughs> And I was taken in and I was not given a day to uh, give up my the person who did it. I was given you need to uh, tell me by the time you uh, leave this office or you're going to uh, get I can't remember if it was detention or suspension. So your your next door neighbor principal was not very lenient on you, is that what you're telling me? He wasn't my next door neighbor. I know, but that's what Corey's situation is. Oh yeah, so. yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. He was kind of a bad word. Mm. He was a disconnect. Oh, disconnect. Very good. Yes. 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 Sorry. Yes. No, a disconnect. Uh, we'll, we'll explain that later. <laughs> so I tried to get out of ratting her out because moral conundrum, moral conundrums are really hard. You know, uh, I was raised on Boy Meets World and that, and you don't rat out a friend, but, you know, when you're in the principal's office and they're making you do it, that's a complete other thing. And then when your parents find out that you didn't want to rat out your friend, um, you get grounded for that. So just to be clear in the story, I know I've heard it before, but I'm blanking on some details. We've had more life experience since the first time you told me this story. Uh-huh. Did you end up ratting out the friend? I did. You did. Okay. She did tell me before I went down that I could rat her out. She said, just tell them it was me. Fair. And then your parents, even though you did rat her out, still grounded you? Because I tried not to rat her out was oh. their reasoning. I tried to avoid it. And I think at one point I said I didn't know who did it. And it was for lying to Mm. the principal. Well, we've learned one thing that if we start saying phrases like, I do not recall, I need an attorney, (laughs) that may be better off for us. Do not recall, and I would like an attorney. Yes. Now, Brett, this is the first time you're hearing this story. Do you have any uh, comment or anything you'd like to add? It is definitely the first time I'm hearing it. Um, I... I don't know. Um, <laughs> Moral conundrums are hard. They're, they're very hard. Nacho cheese. Yeah. Where, where did 
where did she get the nacho cheese? Um, one of the lunchroom options at our school sometimes was like chips and nacho cheese. Okay, so it wasn't like I'm envisioning like a big food service size can. No, like honestly, like it was just like a couple of those like condiment cups fall. So she just like squeezed them through the the slots in the locker. So this girl. She left her hot locker like on the last number. So if you had it on the last number, like for certain lockers, you could just pop it open. Wait a minute. So this girl's complaining because someone did something in her locker, but she left it available to be messed with. Yes. That's kind of like reporting a car stolen when you leave the keys in the ignition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, because other people would use her locker. So she left it on the last number. So you could just pop it open. So it was easy to get into. So on the one hand, YouTube probably could have really easily gotten out of it since she left her locker so freely open mm-hmm. and pointed the finger at anyone who knew how to get into her locker. But on the other hand, in the end, you did actually own up to at least fessing up I to the one to responsible. I had nothing to do with it, but I did uh, own up. To, I, 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 like, I had no idea if she did it until after she did it. Well, <laughs> in this girl that did the whole locker thing, is she not also like one of the popular girls and like no one messes with her and that's what ticked off your friend and then... No. Oh, I thought you told me she was a popular girl. No. She was just a... A bad word. She was stuck up. Yeah. She thought she was better than everybody else, even though she wasn't. Gotcha. (laughs) Well. I mean, I also went to a school where I graduated with the class of, like, 500 people. So, like. Was it 500 people? Yeah. Is that a lot? (laughs) Well, I mean, it's almost double than what I had. Yeah, it was, like, 500 people. (laughs) All right. So, like. There's popular, and then there's just, like, oh, the average people who think they're better than other people. Gotcha. Well, now the real question is, because this is Dad's Meat World, uh, if our either of our boys were to have a situation like this, how would you feel about it as a parent? I don't know. I'm Moral conundrums are hard. I still, I still <laughs> haven't decided what I would want our boys to do. I mean, obviously, I'd want them to be honest, but at the same time... Life lessons of these shows that I've watched mm-hmm. all growing up. Uh, you know, you don't rat out a friend. Mm-hmm. What are you in a mob movie? <laughs> yeah, snitches get stitches. <laughs> no, no, I fully, I, I fully understand what you're saying mm-hmm. because on one hand, you can look at it and go, "Yes, my child should." Uh, tell the truth because an authority figure is asking for the truth. On the other hand, though, protecting a friend sometimes can be considered more important. Right. Like the difference between this situation and when Sean ran away is Sean was putting himself in danger. Right. And this is just Sean acting dumb. Right. Now, I think if if I think if a friend of of either of our boys ends up uh, using nacho cheese and messing with somebody else after they first bullied one of right. our kids. And that's part of it, too, because <sighs> this girl was making fun of me for, I'm not going to go into it, for, like, really personal reasons. Right. So, and my my friend was also dating my cousin. So, like, she 
we were really good friends. And so she kind of felt like an extra mm-hmm. pull to like, you know, defend me because the cousin is one of, at the time was one of my closer cousins mm-hmm. that I was like, we would talk and stuff. So, and she did leave her locker open. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of double layered. It's not like she just did it because she was, you know, just doing it to pick on her. Like she was actually being mean. I mean, maybe like a take away the TV, but not take away the phone type of week. Yeah. 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 Like a half punishment, but not full punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe take away youth group. I know that's pretty effective for her punishment. (laughs) Effective for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, honey, for coming back on. You're Uh, welcome. I got a little baby in my hands. I know you want to get him off to bed. So he's currently has his eyes barely a little bit. So he's in that perfect spot right now. You can transfer him. And so. Well, thank you. Thanks for sharing, Sarah. You're welcome. (laughs) I really appreciate her coming on. She doesn't really like talking about things but you know i think uh she gets a small little enjoyment out of it because it's fun here it is i think i like to think that we create a fun environment and yeah and thank you sarah again for sharing with us and then popping into the dad's meat world world yes we gotta get to kelly to pop in more and more as, we, as best we can I would agree, but we have to record before she goes to bed. (laughs) By the time we start recording, she has already turned in for the night. (laughs) That's fair. I mean, my wife is up at many different hours with the baby, so yeah, her flexibility is much higher right now. Yeah, by the uh, Kelly, Kelly is so busy during the day that she's just done at the end of the night, and she's you know that's very fair. (laughs) Well. We are in Mr. Feeney's office, yes. his principal office. Yes, and uh, you know we start out with a quick little uh, aside from Mr. Feeney. Uh, you know, Corey lets him know that you know must have must have hurt hearing yourself being called Weenie, and is practically my nickname growing up. That's not to leave this room. As principal of this high school, I'm expected to keep order, unchecked these pranks, undermine my authority, and breed disrespect. So I guess I get punished for something I didn't do. Name the person who did, and you walk out of here scot-free. I'm sorry, I can't do that. You've thought about this, and that's your final decision? Yeah. You've decided that protecting a friendship is more important than the grisly punishment I shall now dispense. Mr. Feeney, he didn't mean to hurt anyone. He just wanted to do something that would make him somebody special. Ah. To be somebody special is a quality from within, Mr. Matthews. To give you an example, I think it's a very rare quality for you to put a friend's welfare before your own. But just a second ago, you wanted me to rat on him. As the new principal, yes, but as your teacher, as someone who lived next door and watched you grow up, I never expected it for a moment. And we find out Mr. Feeney himself was of two minds about the whole situation once he found out who was to blame. Well, it is that dual role he he has in Corey's life of being an educator, but also knowing him his whole life. Mm Mm-hmm. And the complications that come with it. 
Yeah, he doesn't just know him as Mr. Matthews. He knows him as Corey. It's one of those great moments of, like, him making clear of, yes, he really wanted him to rat him out in the sense of order, respect, but knowing who Corey is and his character, you know, he's very happy that he stayed true to it. Mm -hmm. Integrity. Never expected it for a moment. Mm -hmm. And we go to uh, Sean waiting outside for him. And Corey's going to have detention for the next five days. One day for every letter in Weenie, which for, in this case, Mr. Hunter, should be spelled W-E-E-N-I-E. <laughs> you told him? What do you think? I think you wouldn't. I'm an idiot. <laughs> he refused to rat you out, Mr. Hunter, and he now faces a week of detention in your honor. But the punishment for not being caught, Mr. Hunter, is far, far worse. <laughs> I did it, Mr. Feeney. <laughs> I confess. I will be watching you every moment of your high school career, which in your case could be decades. <laughs> but I just confess. Too late, Mr. Hunter. You are my new special friend. Why didn't you turn me in? <laughs> oh, just like Sean. Wanted both ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it is that thing of like, Feeney probably was aware it was Sean. Everyone oh, yeah. knew it was Sean. And I just... I love that instead of being like, oh, you confess, great. You can take the punishment. Like, nope, I've already decided. And uh, you can deal with the fact that your friend gets detention instead of you. And mm -hmm. now we just get to be even closer this year. That's you what you wanted, right? special friend. <laughs> <laughs> you never want to be friends with the principal. That's oh, for sure. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Why didn't you turn me in? Oh. Uh. And that is how Notorious wraps up. <laughs> yes. The episode where Sean tries to make a name for himself and all he does is spell weenie wrong. <laughs> so, Tyler, do you have any deep dives for us? Oh, you know I do. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? All right. First, first up, school papers. So one of the first iterations of the school newspaper was the Dartmouth Gazette in 1799. And since then, uh, college papers uh, have evolved immensely. And some of them are published online. And some of them are read by thousands of people at their colleges and beyond. And uh, some have won even uh, awards. Apparently, that I didn't realize it was college, but, you know. College, high school, it's all the same thing. I know one or two people who went to Dartmouth. Uh, weenies or wieners. <laughs> Let's make it cut. But some adults, especially parents and children, use wiener in speech and uh, writing as a substitute for the male genitalia. Due to this juvenile coordination, wiener can sound immature and often a source of ridicule or humor. Calling a person a wiener is equivalent of saying a wimp or a dork and can be considered 
mildly offensive. Calling a hot dog a wiener is just fine. While there's still some currency may cause some confusion or snicker, the wiener dog. The, the Dawson also goes by the wiener dog. <laughs> so wiener can be referred to <laughs> based on either hot dog, animal wiener dog, or potentially uh, genitalia. Regardless, it's kind of offensive to refer to your principal as a wiener and or Mr. Weenie. As hilarious as it is, it is quite juvenile. Eric mentions at the beginning, ah, uh, the French, our neighbors to the north. <laughs> Some of you may not know, but in Quebec, they speak primarily French. They will speak English, but French is the predominant main language in that area. It's the only real section of Canada that does that, but still about uh, 7.8 million Canadians that their first language is French. We already talked about a little bit, but American Gladiator, for those of you that don't know, ran from September 1989 to May 1996, ran for seven seasons, 208 episodes. The concept was originally created in 1982, and they actually gathered in a uh, at a place that I am quite familiar with called Erie Tech High School in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania to shoot and get potential green lighting for this to be like a film, I guess. And then later it was turned into an idea for uh, more of a reality show situation. So yeah, kind of cool that uh, Erie is a part of the history of American Gladiator. I did not realize that until I looked it up. I didn't know the Erie connection myself. So the Scarlet Letter, we did mention it before. It's a romance tale about a woman who in colonial times ends up conceiving a daughter with the man who she's not married to and this creates much scandal and indecency uh, and it's a story about you know does she confess and say who it is or does she keep that to herself and last we get to integrity and you know I have the definition for us so I'll go ahead and read it but integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles moral upright I bring this word up integrity because I think that is something that Corey shows throughout this whole episode is he willing to take the fall for his best friend you know it's a pretty easy yes but I like that he wrestles with it he struggles with it and it's not as so clear and cut mostly because he doesn't want to be in trouble and have issues and he likes Feeney. He doesn't want Feeney to think he would disrespect him in that way. I like that his, his integrity kind of comes into question and his the accusation against him. So, Bayou, those are your deep dives for today. And it's a special treat, speaking of American Gladiators. From Universal Studios Hollywood. This is how it used to start. This is American Gladiators. Every episode... Selected from a nationwide from 1989 to 1997. To challenge all force of American Gladiators for a single honor to become American Gladiators champion. Uh, enough of that. <laughs> yep. And I gotta say, that it's one of those things that just, it comes back every few years and they'll have a little special. And um, I just think it's one of those pieces of American. Americana, I guess you could say, and it just kind of just won't go away and just always will be there. Yep. I'm sure, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan and, uh, oh, what is her name? Layla Ali uh, hosted the mm-hmm. last go around. I'm yep. curious as to who will host the next iteration when it comes back. <laughs> yep. I'm sure it'll be someone that's all beefied up and oily. So. 
<laughs> Anywho, beefed up and oily. <laughs> Not oiled up and beefy. Beefed up and oily. <laughs> I stand by what I said. You think we should get to uh, some lessons? You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? <laughs> All right. I'll go first since you're still composing yourself. Uh, so for me this week, I think what I learned um, is sometimes... There is no right answer. And you just kind of have to go with what you're, you feel is the best for that time period. You know, maybe you're going to hurt someone with your decision, but sometimes a decision just has to be made and you have to live with it, good or bad. Well, and, uh, well, I, I mean, I can't really say I learned, but, uh, I want to reiterate that uh, there are lessons that can't be taught as cut and dry lessons. There, and piggybacking off of your idea that there are some times there is no right answer. But just like with Mr. Turner and with Alan and Amy, you can't answer questions for people sometimes you have to just give them the information that they need to make the decision themselves and you can't solve the problem for them you just have to yep. give them what they need to solve it for themselves yep and those are as as a parent those are some of the worst lessons that you have to watch learned. Mm -hmm. I've not had to watch many of those and I haven't had to watch any of the big ones like that yet, but the few that I have had to watch are not fun to watch. <laughs> I believe that. And I, and I think for both of us watching how Alan and Amy handle the situation is quite encouraging. Mm -hmm. Trusting that they know their child will, make the right decision and i think they were probably content with the decision that he made yeah i definitely think so <laughs> now whether or not we would be content with that is you know up to ourselves and oh yes but <laughs> <laughs> so you are worth every inch of that c plus i gave you in math what would you grade notorious tyler Vast emotional damage. <laughs> Vast emotional damage. Uh, I was thinking about it because normally it's right as we're about to give the grade that I go, what am I thinking right now? Yeah, this one sounds good. <laughs> and just before we got there, it just kind of hit me of like, this is an A minus episode. Like, it's not perfect, but this is a really solid, good episode. And I like that Corey has a school problem. He can't solve it. It's not, it doesn't come to him very easily. And he has to have time with both parents and teacher to, you know, figure out the situation. And ultimately, I like how we also see on the other end of Feeney of 
it makes sense why he responds the way he does. And mm-hmm. I think even as a kid, I understood like Feeney is hurt. Feeney is really upset. And I think this is one of those really great episodes that starts a good conversation as a family. Mm-hmm. So this is a wonderful episode. I wish I could give it an A plus, but there's just, there is some episode has to episode and, <laughs> you know, Eric uh, not being treated well, that kind of knocks it down for me. And, but I mean, everybody's on point and it's a really great episode. So a minus. Yeah. I, I went with a B plus. Um, yeah. It's, it's a strong episode for me. I like, I, I like the conclusion for it. I think I had a little bit more difficulty with some of the episodes got an episode and some of the ways that they treated Eric. And I think some of Sean's nonchalance really stuck with me and, and just stuck in my craw a little bit too much, but on the whole, it's definitely an episode I'll come back to again and again and again. It's, it's definitely one of my favorites from early boy meets world. Solid, solid B plus. I definitely agree. So, all right. I think that's an episode, Brett. That is once you share your dad joke with me. Oh, son of a nutcracker. (laughs) (laughs) We get to ask our Alexa for dad jokes. We found out. Well, we ask (laughs) Alexa for jokes and what it gives us are effectively dad jokes. (laughs) Very nice. I have you by your ovaries. (laughs) (laughs) All right. In lieu of my cat trying to disrupt our uh, recording today, you know, like my kid came up to me and he's going, Dad, can you put the cat out? And I just said, sorry, I didn't know it was on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. (laughs) And with that, good looking people. We thank you for joining us this week for Notorious. Yes. And, and we, next week, we should be having a special guest appearance. Uh, still making sure that all gets worked out. But, uh, yeah, so I think we'll get a little teacher uh, advice on if they had done what you had done to me, you know, how <laughs> I would respond. I want you to go to this di- the blackboard and diagram that sentence for me. <laughs> That's right. Next week will be me and Mr. Jode, hopefully with a special guest. So join us next week yes. for Dad's Meet World. Until then, you can email us. You can find us on social media at Dad's Meet World. You can pick up some pretty nifty swag at dadsmeetworld.threadless.com. And you can dream all about us as you sleep the sweet sleep of slumber of good-looking people. Because we know yes. you will. <laughs> Watch out for Mr. Weenie. That's right. Watch out for Mr. Weenie. Weenie. It says Weenie. I can read. (laughs) I can read. (laughs) Take a vast emotional damage. (laughs) Until next time, good looking. Get to you, good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story.
not give me a day like Mr. Feeney oh, did to Corey. Crap. What? We have to start over. Okay. <laughs> did you I forget to press record? <laughs> now we are recording. <laughs> now we are recording. So we're going to start <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right, I'll hit the record button. <laughs> okay. Um, Am I delayed? Uh, you are, yes. <laughs> if okay. you said something, I did not hear it. Oh, I just said D's get degrees. Okay. Sorry, my cat thinks he can go wherever he wants. Of course he does. <laughs> He's only half right. But we go into the classroom, Mr. Turner, and he's... You stop! Oh, my gosh. Stupid cat. Disconnect. Uh, anywho...